Hey, welcome to the What on Earth Can We Do podcast, where we chat with environmental leaders from across Alberta to figure out what on earth we can do to take action against climate change and protect our environment. I'm your host, Bree, the Communications and Engagement Specialist at the Alberta Emerald Foundation. Today, I'm chatting with Stephanie Leonard, Environmental Coordinator at the AWN, or Asinuichi Winnewak Nation. We'll be talking all about their caribou patrol program and how they're helping protect and conserve the caribou population in West Central Alberta. Just a quick heads up before we get into the conversation, we had some issues with Stephanie's audio, but it's toward the end of the episode, so hopefully it shouldn't be too bad. Okay, let's get into it. Hi, Stephanie. Thanks so much for joining me today on the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. So we'll dive right into it. The Caribou Patrol Program. How did it come to be and what are its primary objectives? So the Caribou Patrol Program is based on a program called the Caribou Cowboy Program that was by Government of Alberta in the early 90s to 2000s. And that was created when in the early 90s, in a two-year time period, there were about 30 caribou hit and killed on Highway 40. So that was what originally spurred the government that something needed to be done to protect the caribou on that stretch of highway. Mid-2000s, they lost their funding and the program just kind of sat gathering dust in the back corner for a few years until uh, AWN President David McPhee and Foothills Landscape Management Forum President Wayne Thorpe started talking about what more AWN could be doing to help preserve and protect the caribou. So Wayne helped David set up the first iteration of Caribou Patrol in 2012, which focused mainly on hunting season and to determine whether or not poaching would be a factor in caribou mortalities which was determined to not be the case. So it moved from there to migration periods and back to looking at how to prevent caribou from being hit and killed on the road. So that is the primary focus of the program, is to keep the caribou and the general public traveling Highway 40 safe from caribou vehicle collisions. But we also have a side focus on educating the public on caribou, why they're important, why we should be protecting them, and AWN or Sinawachi Winawak Nation's connection to the caribou and why it's a culturally significant animal for them. So I'll build off of what you were just chatting about with uh, Sinawachi Winawak Nation and, and why the caribou are so culturally significant to them. Can you maybe elaborate on them and, and why that is? So the caribou used to be a species that AWN would hunt, and they were very important for a food source, uh, hides for teepees and for staying warm. They've got an incredibly thick, soft, beautiful hide that is uh, it's a double coated so that or they, they have two layers of, in their fur, so it makes their coats extra warm for keeping people warm for sleeping on or using as clothing. Most of their bones, antlers were all used for different aspects of tool making. And they were just really important 
to the survival of the AWN people in the case of they, they, they hunted, they ate, they used the animal. But AWN also has the belief of Wakotoin, which means that the, everything is connected. So they have the firm belief that in order for the environment, the land to be healthy and whole, everything needs to be in balance and all the pieces need to be in place. Right now with the reduction of caribou numbers, it's not in balance, which is making the, the land less whole, which is affecting the cultural aspects and the spiritual aspects of AWN. You touched on it a little bit, but other than vehicle collisions, is there any other factors that are contributing to the decline of caribou populations in West Central Alberta? The main factor in caribou decline is habitat degradation. So caribou, their main adaptation for staying alive and avoiding predation is to live where no other animal wants to. So they're usually in the back back bush, thick bush, where a lot of animals just don't want to be. They eat lichen that they are the only ungulate that can actually properly digest it. If they just choose to be alone. The more damage to the land, the more cut lines that are out there, the more roads, the more cut blocks, the less there are these isolated areas for the caribou to live. And if the area is not isolated, now they're getting moose, deer, and elk. And with the other ungulates, you're getting bears, wolves, cougars that feed on them. And it's just increasing the chances for the caribou to have interactions with these predators and become prey, where otherwise they would have just stayed alone. So that is the major problem is the fact that the degradation of the habitat is allowing access to predators and people and interactions that are harmful to the caribou. So with all of those factors leading to the decline of the caribou populations, what are some of the day-to-day activities carried out by caribou patrol to protect these animals and their habitat? On a standard day, the most important thing that the caribou patrol do is they are out on the highway on the stretch where what we call the caribou corridor that the caribou are generally found. It's about a 40 kilometer stretch between the Big Burland River Bridge and the Muskeg River Bridge. And the caribou can pop out on the highway at any point in that 40 kilometer stretch. So my patrols will go out. They drive that stretch, they check areas, sometimes back roads and industry roads where caribou are known to be, and they just check where the caribou are, whether the caribou are on the road. They put out signs warning people when caribou are near the road to let people know that driving, hey, slow down, there have been caribou seen in this area recently. And in some cases, when there's lots of caribou around the road, especially during migrations, they will actively herd the caribou in the direction they're trying to go to get them to cross the road and away from the road as quickly as possible. So are the folks who are involved in this highway patrol, are they part of a Sinuichi-Winnewak nation? AWN is the main nation 
and we hold the grants that keep the program going and we do all the program planning. But we also have two subsidiary companies, a Sinawichi Development Corp and a Sinawichi Environmental Corp. We subcontract our environmental company to go out and do the patrols for us. And most of the members who are hired by them are members of AWN and do have that connection to the culture and the knowledge. But we always try and encourage events where they can always speak to elders, speak to knowledge holders to increase that knowledge in themselves. And the hope is further down the road that they themselves will be knowledge holders and elders and be able to educate younger generations on the caribou. Let's build off of the education piece there, because I know at the beginning you talked about outreach and education with the public is a big piece of what you do. Can you maybe touch on what that looks like for the Caribou Patrol? Yeah, the outreach part is it started out with just a Facebook page and us informing the public of who we are and what we're doing and why. It has expanded. We currently have four booklets that we call educates on caribou information, on the program, and a little bit on AWN and their connection. We distribute those. They're available for download on our webpage, but we also distribute them to drivers who are driving along. We've got a few points where they can stop and collect the educates, uh, tourism centers in Hinton and Grand Cache. We will send them to teachers on request so that they can include them in parts of their their curriculum when they're talking about caribou and species at risk. But we also go to several events, sometimes in the Grand Cache area, sometimes in the greater province. I think we go as far as Edmonton for some of our events. And we set up a booth and we just talk to people about caribou and their importance and AWN and the program and everything that we would like to see the public do and reach out and just talk about how we need to save the species and make sure it is around in the future. So building off of the work that you do on the highway to protect and conserve the caribou population, the outreach and education work that you're doing, let's talk about the data maybe. If we can chat about how many caribou currently exist in the Grand Cache area, what type of conservation numbers you've been able to see? Has there been any growth or decline in the population over the last 10 plus years of this program? Yeah, so AWN focuses on the four herds that are within our traditional territory. So that would be the Narraway herd, the Red Rock Prairie Creek herd, Alapesh, and Little Smoky. Uh, three of those herds are migratory mountain caribou. The Little Smoky is the only non-migratory boreal caribou that we look at. So in the four herds that are within the AWN traditional territory, there is an estimation of about 350 animals. Both the Alapesh and the Little Smoky are considered stable. The Red Rock Prairie Creek was stable, but back in, I believe it was 2019, there was an avalanche that killed 26 animals. So that herd is in a little bit more trouble than it was. That's a quarter of their herd. And the Narraway herd declining. We believe that more of the animals are staying on the BC side of the border than crossing into Alberta. 
that term is transboundary. Uh, the data that we collect is focused mostly on the highway and where, where and when the caribou come out. Uh, we do work a little bit with the government of Alberta and collect some of the caller data that they have on these herds and compare our data with theirs just to kind of get an idea of their greater movements and timelines. But most importantly, the data that we collect, which is supplemented by a public program we have called uh, Report a Sighting, where people can call in, uh, leave a message on our Facebook page, or our webpage has a sighting report form that you can fill out. And the public knowledge is just telling us when and where people are seeing the caribou so that we can make sure we have the crews out at the right time and the right place. So that has been a huge aspect of the program. It's also really helped create a bit of a ownership of the caribou with the public where they're very protective of their caribou, which has really helped the awareness and having people slow down. But mostly the data that we collect is when and where we see the caribou, the kind of numbers that we see on the highway. We also collect data of other wildlife that is seen on the highway that we can then compare to the caribou data. And it just kind of helps get an idea of what is out there in the caribou range competing with the caribou. And our data then is used to help kind of shape AWN's views when we speak with industry and government regarding caribou and caribou management. I have a couple follow-up questions. What has the impact of the program been? Have you been able to help grow the caribou population or at least conserve the numbers and help protect it? Uh, yes. There, I think most of the caribou herds in this area are currently listed as stable, whether that has to do with our program or whether it has to do with the wolf culling, probably a little bit more on the wolf culling side, but every caribou that is alive and well helps grow the population. Absolutely. It's a, it's a joint effort to help protect and conserve the population, regardless of whether it comes from wolf culling or whether it comes from highway patrol. All of those pieces work together to, to you know, protect and conserve, which is so great. So, I'm I'm kind of backtracking to the beginning of our conversation here because I have some some questions popping up in my brain that uh, I should have asked earlier. But we chatted about the importance of caribou to uh, to indigenous knowledge and teachings and ways of living. How are the caribou important to the area and the land as a whole? Like the 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 circle of life that happens within the Grand Cache area and that uh, that. The biodiversity lens. Can you maybe touch on that a little bit? So caribou are listed as an indicator species, which means that they are an indicator of the health of their environment. So with the caribou not doing well, that the boreal forest as a whole is unhealthy. So that is a major aspect that just kind of shows how they are connected with their environment. Even though they prefer to hide and not be around where they can be predated on, caribou are an important food source for the animals that are out there. Their droppings also release a lot of nutrients back into the whale. So where they graze, it influences what nutrients are there and what grows there later. So if 
something were to happen to the caribou population and, and they were decreased so much, uh, like what, what impact would that have on the boreal forest and the rest of the, and the animals and the plants that live there? The loss of caribou to the boreal forest would basically completely eliminate that aspect of the nutrient cycle in those areas because nothing else eats the lichen. So the lichen themselves would continue to grow. Nothing would be feeding on them. They'll continue to take up nutrients from the soil and it'll completely change the composition of the forest with those nutrients not going back in in the same way that they would if the caribou were grazing on it and then drop their droppings. Wow. I think that's something that not like the everyday Albertan has no idea, like how important caribou are to to biodiversity and to indigenous culture and, and all of these important factors and, and why it's so important to protect them. And that's why work from people like the Caribou Patrol and the Asiniwichi Winnewak Nation is is so important. It's a lot of people think that, oh, it's just one species. Not a lot of people recognize how everything is connected out there that, yeah, the one species eating one species plant can affect what else is going to grow there later. It's all a cycle. It's all a balance. Everything influences everything else. You can't just look at one aspect of the environment and then expect everything to be whole and healthy. And then that goes back to the, well, Kotwin is, is yeah. yeah, and that goes back to that principle that we were talking about and and really just everything needs to be balanced and we need to take care of our the creatures who, you know, we're living in their land, we're living in their space and we need to protect them so so that everything stays balanced and we can live prosperous, uh, prosperous lives as well as them. So with with that being said, what is the long term vision for the Caribou Patrol program and how do you see it evolving in the future? I would like to see the Caribou Patrol program kind of evolve into more of a land guardian program where AWN members are looking not just at the caribou and the caribou habitat, but their lands as a whole and being able to speak to the health of their environment and the land that they rely on and slowly evolve into that sort of program where it's still looking at the caribou, still protecting the caribou, but it's so much more than the caribou. And in the long, long term, I am really hoping that we work ourselves out of the job, that the caribou no longer need to be protected and herded off the roads and all that. There's caribou out there that are plentiful and AWN can have them again. AWN voluntarily stopped hunting the caribou in the late 70s, early 80s, when they noticed that herds were declining past the point that they could self-sustain. So nobody from AWN has hunted, killed a caribou since then, at least not a caribou from this area. Well, I hope that in the long, long term, you you work yourself out of a job, is as bad as that sounds, and that the Asiniwichi Winnewak Nation can can hunt caribou again and and gain back that piece of cultural significance and and sharing knowledge with um, younger generations. And I really hope that I am still here to see that day. Yes, absolutely. 
So for for our listeners, where can they learn more about Caribou Patrol and keep up with the incredible work that you're doing? We have a web page, cariboupatrol.ca, that we have links to all of our information. We talk about where we're going to be and what we're doing. That page also has a re- report a sighting form if you are in the area and see caribou. We also have a Facebook page where you can engage with us. That's where we try and send out the quick messages on, hey, caribou are on the road, hey, pay attention in this area. So if you're traveling in the area and want to see if there's been any recent updates on the caribou, the Facebook page is the best bet. We also have a YouTube page where we try to post the occasional video of what the program is doing, places that we've been as working with the caribou. We also have a mini documentary we did a few years back with the elders talking about the importance of the caribou and how the loss has affected them. That highly recommend watching. It's a beautiful video. Amazing. Well, Stephanie, thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast to talk about this incredibly important topic. Thank you so much for having me. I'm always excited to talk about the caribou and what the program is doing and spreading the word. The more people know about this amazing animal, the more we can do to protect it. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you'd like to learn more, check out the resources in the show notes. The What on Earth Can We Do podcast is a program of the Alberta Emerald Foundation, a registered charity that showcases, inspires, and empowers Alberta's environmental achievements. To learn more about the Alberta Emerald Foundation, head to our website, emeraldfoundation.ca, or follow us on social media at Alberta Emerald. A big thank you to our sponsors, Capital Power, Syncrude, the Government of Alberta, the City of Edmonton, and Alberta Beverage Container Recycling Corporation. See you next time.